Okay, welcome everybody. Week 11 of the Home Dogs Podcast. Mike, Mark, and Travis with you as always. After a, uh, a fun, an up and down roller coaster week 10 for us, we are on to week 11. We are still right in the middle of these uh, these contests. We are, uh, you know, making, uh, we're staying afloat, I guess I should say, in the uh, Circa Pro Football Contest and the Westgate Super Contest. We're not dead by any means. We're, we're very consistent. We're giving you 55, 56, 57% on the season we can't we can't do a whole lot better we can't explode but but we're still in the hunt if we have some big weeks we can really rocket up the standings we went three and two in both contests last week uh we are now 28 21 and one in the circuit contest we are tied for 917th place so we, we moved into the top 1000 which was nice to see after a, a three and two week and we are 27 22 and one in the super contest that gets us into 410th place there so moving up uh, 50 spots from last week. So three and two gets us up a little bit. If we were able to have a four and one week in one of these or a five and a week, I mean, it's amazing. We haven't had one of those this year. We, we usually do for one. So maybe this is the week we could really shoot up and put ourselves in position to maybe cash some money this season, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We picked 10 individual games this past week. We went six and four overall. Some were horrible. We got screwed by big Ben with the COVID. I think we all regret uh, putting the Chargers in there. Just not a very us pick. Uh, I think we all overrate the Chargers, maybe because of Staley and, and the Herbert sexiness, but that was a dumb pick. You know, Carolina it was such an us game, too, and we left that on the sidelines. Luckily, Mark saved our, our super contrast entry, forcing us to take uh, New England and San Francisco. I don't want to say force, but you really strongly pushed us, and they were great calls. Some of our easiest covers of the, of the year, easiest covers of the week, for sure, along with Dallas. So, uh, Mark, just got to give you props on those too. Your your boy Shaney came through for us on Monday night too to to end the week and send us off on a nice little high note there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to cover by whatever 20, 20 something points, but uh, it was nice to see that. Always nice to have like an easy easy primetime cover. So good good to have that. And uh, you know, the breaking news today: Joe Flacco starting for the Jets. So you are now you've seen Josh Johnson. We've seen Mike White. Uh, <laughs> he had his whole one and a half week run, I want to say, before that thing crashed back to Earth. Zach Wilson not ready. What do you think of uh Flacco starting for your team this week? Yeah, I mean I think the whole situation very bizarre. Um I have a lot of thoughts on Jets organization, Robert Sala, ownership. Um, but I don't want to bore people who aren't Jets. Fans, uh, you should let loose. You should <laughs> let loose. Let's go. Let's go. Start well, off. I was talking with my uncle and actually he had an interesting theory on Salah. And he was basically said that, you know, you know how I did how, how he, he was a former uh, coach. He coached in college, coached in high, high school for a long time. And he was like, you know how I could tell that Salah was, was not a good coach was that he's in super great shape. And I thought that was an <laughs> interesting comment. He's like coaches who are really good, just have no time to focus on themselves and the fact that he has seven kids too just adds to it I, I just don't understand where he has the time for anything let, let alone personal fitness we kind of joked about it earlier in the season like Salah running up and down the stairs at the stadium kind of joked on him about that um you know the, the more the season goes on it seems like he's more clueless I mean you know he's a defensive guy the defense have been has been a disaster and this quarterback drama I just it's just perplexing to say the least that's my short little rant um I'll keep it at that for now yeah, I don't think you like your coaches being, you know, that good looking and that in shape. And to your point about the running the stairs, like it would seem an hour or two before game time, there would be a better use of his time potentially <laughs> with his team than trying to pump himself up as if he were going to go play, you know, outside linebacker or something. It, <laughs> it never really made sense, but that's okay. Wait, could you imagine like Belichick or Parcells like running the stairs? I mean, I know each coach has their own personality, but... You know, any great coach, like even Don Shula or Bill Wall, like they just never would. It's well, I don't great. think Parcells could have ever gotten up and down a flight of stairs like that. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> they used to have the racquetball court inside a giant stadium, and I think they had some work of it, but there's like in the locker room, you know? Yeah. Salah's defense, I think the Jets have given up 175 points over the last four yeah. weeks. It's the second most uh, since the merger that any team has given up over a four-week span, so can't even hang your hat on any semblance of defensive effort. I mean, we saw him in San Francisco. I know the three of us would get frustrated when he'd be in a primetime game and they'd be showing him clapping nonstop and going crazy. Uh, you can't even pump his defense up to, to get a, a routine stop here or there in one of these games. Defense, just pathetic. That being said, maybe we take the Jets this week as a home dog <laughs> against the Dolphins. So uh, we'll get to that. A lot of games we got to get through. Five games each we got to pick. Maybe we have some doubles this week after 10 individuals last week. Really stressful having 10 individual games. Just just makes the Sunday and Monday go on and on and on. Having a lot of games in, the, in that 1 o'clock stretch is tough. Although this week there's nine 1 o'clock games and only three at four. So we're already getting screwed by the schedule gods there. 
But Trav, I want to start with you because you you've thrown out the, these stats on our on our group text and, and on this pod over the season that you like to take teams where there's a game where one team did not cover the week before and then and the other team did cover and then you kind of flip it the following week. There's four examples this week. The Jets are one of those, and you know maybe we try and just streamline all these teams and all these games if we want to lock a Thursday game because the Falcons are also one of these games. So just give us your thoughts there. Yeah. Well, last week there were five of these situations and the team that hadn't covered in week nine um, covered four out of the five in week 10 that included Dallas, new Orleans, uh, Philadelphia, which we had all three of those. And then Carolina, which we discussed, but did not have uh, the only one that didn't cover was Baltimore in that Thursday night game against Miami. So there are four opportunities this week. You could hypothetically say there's five if you want to include Tampa. Um, the Giants are coming off of a bye, but they did cover by beating the Raiders two weeks ago. I'm um, heading into the bye, and there's a little bit more to maybe unpack there. But you know, if you kind of start with this as your filter, I think you can kind of build some cases on some of these games. So um, I think I like two more than some of the others out of this group. You know, I think it's just something it's similar to when we talk about the percent of the bets and money and divergence there. It's just maybe acts as a filter to kind of identify games you wouldn't look at um, otherwise and, you know, just give yourself a starting point to try and build a case. Yeah, I love the starting point. What's uh, what's your favorite one? You said you like two. Yeah, so the two that I like are Cleveland and Indy more than the other ones, I guess. But I, I would start with Indy. So they're getting seven points in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's getting 50% of the bets and 60% of the money. So nothing to see there. And obviously, they're coming off the trouncing of the Jets and the Colts. Meanwhile, looked a little um, deflated, I guess, against the Jaguars, where they just held on last week to win but not cover. Um, it's interesting. Indy is five and one in non-division games. Um, they're third in the league in rushing yards per attempt, but in the last three games, they're actually first at over six yards a clip. Uh, the flip side of that is Buffalo's also very good defensively against the run. So not sure there's much to make there. Buffalo's the first in DVOA and Indy's the 10th. Um, interestingly, they have similar offensive rankings, but Buffalo's defense is first and Indy's is 10th, which aligns with their overall ranking. You know, Buffalo, I thought that some of this stuff was interesting. So Buffalo's won their games by an average of 26 points, which is kind of wild. Um, yeah. but outside of Kansas city, I'm not sure they've really beaten a playoff team or even a quality team. So their non Kansas city wins are over teams with a combined record of nine and 28. Indy may not be a, a playoff team either, but at least they have some redeemable qualities. You can hang your hat on in the running game and the defense isn't terrible. You know, so I just think it's enough where, you know, get the full touchdown is, you know, enough to get me interested here. I, I had this, uh, light circle on Indy. I wasn't as maybe gunko as, as you are, Trav. Um, I, I think there is some concerns, with Indy's defense, they, they have a phenomenal uh, run defense, but I mean, Buffalo isn't historically a rushing team. They're more of a passing team. Uh, Indy's pass defense is 23rd in DVOA, and they're missing both their starting safeties this week and potentially cornerback uh, Xavier Rhodes. So just give me a little pause in terms of taking them. Um, and then Buffalo as a, as a seven point or more favorite, seven and three against the spread with Josh Allen as quarterback. And I, and I thought the trends, you know, you would have to the beginning, a lot of just 50% of the bets are on Buffalo, but more money's on Buffalo. Um, so again, just a little cautious, but uh, you know, it does fit that, you know, non-cover versus covering team last week. So, uh, I can get on board with it, but again, just a little cautious. Yeah, certainly worth monitoring the injuries. Those are good points. I, I didn't even look at the injury report this week. I, I'm all over Indy as well. I think they're too good of a team to be getting seven points at this point in the season. My only concern was that it was going to be a, a popular dog play. I can't see a lot of people taking Buffalo here in either contest. So That'd be my only thing, but I, I think it's a good gamble, at least to take into one spot for sure. This team getting seven points on the road. I know they went up there in the playoffs last year. They lost by three. Rivers played well. They ran the ball well. Their defense played okay. I think you said it, Trav, that Buffalo against good teams, something's just been off about the offense. Even last week against the Jets, like it didn't come like supernaturally, even though they scored a ton of points. Like the Jets are just so bad. But I, I never got the feeling like that the Bills were clicking on all cylinders. It's just like the Jets are so bad that it, eventually they're just going to hit one of these big plays. But it wasn't like the well-oiled machine that I, I feel like we we're used to seeing from Buffalo last year. Did you get the sense of that, Mark, watching as a Jets fan? Uh, I don't know. It, it was such a trouncing. It was hard for me to objectively watch that game. And I, I high hopes for Mike White, like most Jets fans. So <laughs> I was blinded by it. At least we did not take the Jets last week. That would have been that would have been very very bad. We were able to talk you out of that one. Uh, there are right, some def- things we we should definitely. I agree with monitoring the injuries, but it would be interesting to kind of go back and look at some of these games that Buffalo has built their resume on. 
um, you know, where they've just beaten up on bad teams. Like as an example, Indy only turns the ball over once a game, which is like top 10. But these teams are one and two in takeaways per game. And Buffalo, you know, has benefited from over two and a half turnovers a game against some really crappy teams, you know, looping the Jets turning the ball over five times last weekend into that. So, you know, Indy protects the ball a little bit more. Again, it's there's just some redeemable qualities. I, I hear you, Mark, on the, the injuries and Mike, I hear you that it could be popular. So I'm not wedded to it at all. No, but I think, I think we should take it in one spot. I mean, a case here. I'm looking at this bill schedule. They start off with the Steelers at home. They lose. Then they go to Miami when big play the football team when big play the Texans win big. Like you said, the chiefs, a good win. Then they lose to the Titans on a Monday night. Then they get dolphins, Jags, jets all in a row. They haven't played anybody. And now they go, uh, verse Indy at new Orleans on Sunday night, Patriots, bucks, Panthers, Patriots. And then they get to close out with the Falcons and the jets, at least after that, that tough stretch. So, We'll see what the Buffalo team is made up over the next few weeks, but this might be a chance to to get to fade them early before they start to get exposed. I would imagine it'll be fading them next week when they play the New Orleans too. Just guys up that that's that next week's game against New Orleans on Thursday night. Oh right, that's thanks, that's a Thanksgiving game. Yeah, that's actually a good mm-hmm. game. Yeah, there's two decent games on Thanksgiving. I think. Yeah, yeah, Raiders, uh, Cowboys, solid yeah. game, and then we get the Bears and the Lions. Yeah, seems like the Frank th- another Frank Reich revenge game here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, good call. Oh yeah, Frank Reich back in Buffalo. Okay, I mean, I, I do think Buffalo's defense is is very good. Um, you know, I know they they haven't really played anybody, but uh, I mean, they're shutting out like Houston. They you know basically shut out the Jets last week, like taking care of business. Is, you know, still impressive nonetheless. Uh, all right, so try the other game of an Indy you liked was Cleveland that that fits this bill right They're They're eleven point five favorite against Tim Boyle and the Lions at home. I don't think any of us had even really heard of Tim Boyle. David Blau, poor David Blau, doesn't get the nod here after getting a few spot starts for Stafford over the last few years. So the question is, do we want to lay 11 and a half against Tim Boyle with a really banged up Baker and banged up Browns team? A couple of things jumped out to me here. Cleveland's two and three as a fave this year, which I don't love. We've talked about Stefanski's bad record in the division against the spread, but he's 11 and eight in non-division games in his career. I talk about this, and again, nobody else does, so I'm guessing it doesn't matter to anyone else, but the AFC North is interestingly the worst against the spread division at 11 and 18 outside of the division, and they went 0 and 3 last week. On the flip side, the NFC North is the best at 19 and 10. And they went 3-0 and last week against the spread. So I think your hope is you get some mean reversion here if you care about that. Um, and it does appear, at least at this point, all the bets and money are on Detroit. So apparently that performance against a bad Pittsburgh team was enough to get people you know, off the couch and interested in the Lions here. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Lions, kind of like the Saints and other teams, have basically seesawed every week Every week this year. I think they cover, they non-cover, cover, non-cover. Um, and this, this, this week would be a non-cover week. So, um, I could, I could definitely get on board. Uh, I did do a little tiny little bit of research on Tim Boyle, fifth worst graded QB in the preseason, according to PFF. So there's that. And I guess we got the look ahead spot for the lions with their Thanksgiving game too. So I I, I got like Cleveland. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Definitely a look ahead spot for Detroit, right? This, I feel like they got that game circled, like as maybe their chance to win a game this season. They probably are chalking this one up as a loss, especially after the a tough fought battle in Pittsburgh where they, they fall short. They got to go outside again and play in the cold. And then they get to go home on Thanksgiving and try and shock the bears, I guess, or I don't know if shock, but whatever. <laughs> Dan Kim can have his big national TV Thanksgiving moment where he's crying after the game that they finally win. I could see that happening. For uh, yeah, sure. I, mean, I, I say I feel like that's their. And Trev, you talked about this last week. I think that's their like their best chance to win a game. Maybe is against Chicago at home on Thanksgiving. I don't know any. I have no update on any of the Cleveland injuries, particularly running backs. You know, be interested. It'd be good to know. You know, Chubb's, what the Chubb's back. Chubb's, Chubb's back, back from COVID. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to watch Detroit. I got to be honest, run the ball all over Pittsburgh last weekend. That yeah. was bizarre. Maybe it was there's bizarre because they, they couldn't pass at all. If they couldn't pass, I mean, with Goff at quarterback, like, how are they going to pass with with Boyle at quarterback? Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It is weird too. Like they they have Blau, who I know you mentioned, Mike, but like it's not like he's off the roster. He was dressed last weekend, so it's I don't know. Maybe they dressed three quarterbacks, and Blau would have been the third. But it just seems weird to me. Shame on us for taking Tomlin as a huge favorite. I know. Yeah, we, we got know. screwed by well, the big we'll man. We'll do it COVID again in thing, the future, but... and we'll say, "Oh, you know, we should never do this." But we will. <laughs> All right. So, Indian Cleveland definitely are games that that we we like there. At least good value perspective from the from the flip from the previous week. The other two, there's just two, right? two more: Atlanta and the Jets. Atlanta would be the Thursday case where we need to really have some games locked in by tomorrow afternoon. We're taping this on a Wednesday night. Unfortunately, in the Super Contest, Atlanta is only getting six and a half points uh, home to the Patriots on Thursday night. 
it's seven in most places. I don't know if the other contests will put it at seven, but I'm not really thrilled about taking this in the, in the circuit contest. Six and a half, whatever. I guess six and a half, seven isn't as big as a deal as it used to be because of all the two-point conversions and the missed extra points, but still just annoys me that the, the Westgate posted an inferior line in the contest. I don't have much to say on the game. I mean, the Patriots are rolling. I, if we thought that the chatter was New England's back was was big last week, it's only you know crescendoed after they just absolutely destroyed Cleveland at home. So certainly a letdown spot for them. They have a big game next week too when they host Vrabel in Tennessee. A nice little revenge spot for for Belichick versus Vrabel after some losses to him. So maybe they're looking ahead there. I'm trying. I'm just grasping at straws. Hopefully Cordell <laughs> Patterson plays. Uh, Bel- Belichick only eight six and one against the spread on Thursdays. So compared to his whole career, it's at least his weakest day of the week. I don't know. Do we need to force this one? I, I love taking the Thursday games. I love the case for Atlanta after getting absolutely shellacked by Dallas, but I'm not sure if I love it. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking like it, it does feel outrageous that Atlanta last week was an eight-point road dog in Dallas, and now they're going to be a seven-point home dog to New England. Um, that seems like a pretty big line move. Um, I think the before the season look ahead was Atlanta was favored by one and a half. That said, New England's fifth in DVOA, Atlanta's thirty second in DVOA. Somehow, the Pats did cover eighty percent of the, or uh, converted eighty percent of their third downs last week. So maybe there's some reversion there. Um, I think if Corderell is going to play, I, I would consider playing it in the Super Contest, assuming we can get four other games on board. But um, I don't. I don't need to rush to play this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as I said, you know, I look at that thing as like a filter, and so this would jump out, you know, to discuss or at least look at closely. But below a touchdown, I know you said, Mike, that may not matter as much these days, but it still hurts not getting a full touchdown. I don't know why you would want to not have more points. That doesn't no, seem I know, to make much I know, sense. I know. The only thing, and I again, I don't need to take this at all. It's really tough to stomach, and I, I think you know because it locks you in with so much COVID uncertainty um, in the other games, you would be left with it's it's just doesn't i'm not sure it's so compelling but the one thing is last week we did say that matty ice was maybe due for some turnovers because he hadn't really turned the ball over much he threw two picks last weekend against dallas um there have been two other times this year that he's thrown more than two picks in a game and he's bounced back after both of those to throw two touchdowns and no interceptions and outright wins against the giants and the saints so you could talk about some mean reversion there maybe sell yourselves on that in a relatively low scoring game i don't know what the over under is here but on a thursday night um, you know, Belichick, as you said, Mike, eight, six and one against the spread, you know, maybe plays it a little closer to the vest, but yeah, I'm not sure it's so compelling that we need to lock everything else in for it. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> I really wanted the Thursday games. I love R- it. In. Uh, another stat to add rookie head coaches, eight and 16 against the spread since 2015 uh, on Thursday night. Mm. So not great, but I, I did like, I think Mike, you texted this to the group that, uh, you know, Arthur Smith took out Matt Ryan, some other players in, in the fourth, third or fourth quarter of that blowout against the, the Cowboys kind of thinking ahead to this Thursday. So you know, maybe, maybe they were preparing in advance to a degree. Um, and maybe, maybe they'll, they'll get up for this game. Let's keep it around and see what other games we settle on, see how many we get. Cause this is a tough split. There's a lot, there's a lot of really small lines this week, just as there was last week, not as many big lines as there were last week, but a lot of games under three, right in that two and a half, three, even one range. So we'll go through the slate and see if we need to circle back to Atlanta. Can't believe I just said circle back. I hate that term, but uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> then the other game, Jets, three and a half point home dogs with Flacco at the helm against the Dolphins. I mean, the Jets hate in the city can't get any worse than it is, I think, today after the Flacco news was announced. So I, I kind of like jumping back on the ship when everybody hops off the Mike Waite train as an outsider. What do you think, Trav? We'll get to Mark in a second. We heard his thoughts. Yeah, I had it circled. I mean, to me, this is, it makes enough sense where you can get behind it. I mean, the jets couldn't possibly be as bad as they were inept as they looked last week. Um, and Buffalo is obviously pretty good. And Miami comes off the surprising win against Baltimore on Thursday night. I, I think it's a pretty good spot, honestly, um, for the jets. They're two and two as a home dog. And I kind of like Flacco to, I can't believe I'm saying this, but to come in and stabilize that. Um, as the, I guess the fourth quarterback that will have played meaningful snaps for him this year. But I, I th- I'm fine. I mean, Flacco's a professional. You know, his arm strength's not what it was, but I think Miami has some pretty aggressive corners. And I think one thing Flacco's done really well in the past, and at least in the recent years, is under throw enough deep balls to get some pass interference calls. And, you know, that could could be enough to put a couple of points on the board and keep this close enough to cover. Yeah, I think similar to like other games this year, like 
everybody's jumping off the Jets bandwagon yeah. given the, the drama and what's happened. So I, I think it actually does make sense to take them. Did the line actually move like a point or, or just, half a half, a point? just a half, just a half point. I mean, I feel like the difference between Flacco and Mike White, I don't think there is a difference. Um, so getting the extra half points kind of nice. Another other, other stats to add. I mean, the, the backup QBs making their first NFL start are 27 and 15 against the spread since 2018. Um, first start of the season, first start of the season. Yep. Uh, short under short underdogs. So if short underdogs of six or less in low total games, 45, 45 or less are 31 15 against the spread since the beginning of last season. So that, that fits here. The, the, the over under is 44. Um, so yeah, just a couple stats, but it don't need to force it, but I, I do think it kind of makes sense given that everybody's off the bandwagon. I'm yeah. sorry. The, the line moved from three to three and a half when we went from Mike White to Flacco. Yeah, I, I was about right? to jump in when before Mark had all the stats. Just that's like, a huge slap in the face to Joe Flacco. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, Flacco again, he's not he's old, but I mean he may be the best quarterback in this game as we texted about earlier. It's like Mike White could come out and he, maybe Mike White's gonna be great down the road or Zach Wilson, whatever, but they could easily come out and throw three three interceptions and do nothing. And Flacco, at least he's mm-hmm. been there. I mean he's experienced. I will point I mean, out that that's the Dolphins move. beat the Jets by a combined score of 44 to three in last year's <laughs> games. Um, Flacco did start one of those games. He lost 24 nothing to Fitzy and the Dolphins down in a very hot, hot Miami day. So uh, whatever, Adam Gase was at the helm, so it's hard to put any of that on on Flacco. He certainly didn't have Corey Davis or you know some of these running backs and offensive line is a little better this year. So whatever, you can throw that out. All right, those are the four games that we wanted to get to at first, just with the flip-flop in the previous week. Sounds like Atlanta probably not going to make the cut for a Thursday lock-in when we have to really hammer down these games by Thursday. But we'll uh, we'll keep them around and see where we get to. I don't have a ton of games that I love other than those four. I think my favorite one other than that is, is a team that we're all too familiar with, but I, I can't not go back to them. They, we took them last week, so I don't love that since we usually like to flip-flop with this team, but I do like the Saints getting two points at Philly. You know, uh, we were on Philly last week. That game was a lot closer than the final score indicated. Denver was driving for a tie when they had that crazy fumble and then returned by Darius Slay with the 86-yard, whatever it was, touchdown. Denver scores there. The game is tied. Philly, I think, was on the cusp of blowing that game. So uh, I think the Eagles' defense is just really, really bad. And a nice uh, Simeon's been okay. He's been pretty good. Got us a nice backdoor cover against the Titans last week. They almost tied it up. They couldn't couldn't get the two point conversion there. But I like the Saints. I like Peyton as a dog always. And I think this Philly defense is overrated. Yeah, I didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about it, except that Philly's getting you know slightly less than fifty percent of the bets and sixty five percent of the money. But you know, Philly is actually I think offensively been better than I expected. The running game is pretty good. I think it's like fourth in the league in yards per rush attempt, but New Orleans' defense is very good, and they're best in the league in opponent yards per rush attempt. So that neutralizes itself, I think. I agree with you, Peyton, getting points against an average or below-average team I like. The NFC East is 17-14 and 14 against the spread outside of the division, but they were 3-0 and last week, including, obviously, the Philly game. The NFC South is 12-15 and 15 outside of the division, but not a lot here. I could I could get on board. I could be okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm just not sure if there's a ton of value at, at plus two, but there um, might not be. There might yeah, not be. Find, find to always roll with the Saints, especially Peyton as an underdog. Uh, it sounds like Kamara is going to be back this week, potentially Armstead, the left tackle. Philly might be without their tight end, Dallas Got- Goddard. New Orleans in that game last week against Tennessee, they they outgained them 373 yards to 264 yards. Uh, it's a pretty significant advantage. And yeah, I think their defense is phenomenal. And I feel like they just eat up these maybe average or below average quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. So, and let's um, not forget the Saints got Jerome Bogard. Otherwise, they yeah. very easily could have won that game yeah. too. Yeah. So, I mean, the Saints, thank God they covered for us. We were getting what three and they lost by two, but don't, and they also missed the two extra points and they yeah. got fucked by Boger. Yeah. That interception that he called off for roughing towards the end of the first half was just just absolutely terrible. So that flipped the whole game, really. The Saints were certainly outplaying them all in the first half. And and I think you alerted to this, Trab, but I feel like Philly in this little mini run they've gone on, it's been because they've been running the football with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. And as you mentioned, I think the Saints just have a really good run defense. So I don't think they're going to be able to pull off any of that bullshit. And I think when you have Hurts in the third and long situations, he really struggles. He kind of rolls out and tries to do too much. So I'm all for for having him trying to create a little bit too much because he makes mistakes in that spot. Yeah, um, uh, New Orleans, 8th in DVOA, Philly, 15th. So significant advantage there, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, Mark, what do you have a uh, top sphere for us this week? Yeah, so I'm not sure what you guys can think about this, but I I love Seattle this week. Uh, I've thrown out the stats previously, but uh, teams coming off a shutout loss are now 23 and six against the spread since 2015. Home underdogs off a shutout loss are 15 and three against the spread since 2010, with no losses since 2014. Um, even if it's going to be Kyler, I, which I, I think this line assumes it's going to be Kyler. He said today uh, he's probably going to play. Okay. Yeah, I, I just love Seattle on this spot. I think it's a, it's a get-right spot. Um, and I was also thinking, uh, and I just went through, I put this together today, quarterbacks returning from injury have been really shaky in their first start back. So I'm just going to go through a couple. Uh, Dak struggled against Denver, returning from injury. Russell, we know, struggled last week against Green Bay, returning from injury. Baker against Pittsburgh. Jimmy G uh, struggled against Arizona. Tyrod against Miami. So that's that's five quarterbacks, 0-5 against the spread, 0-5 straight up, uh, just off the top of my head, going through quarterbacks that returned from injury this year. Um, and that would fit the spot with Kyler returning from injury. Um, division game, home underdog. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good spot to take Seattle. I know it's kind of scary going against that Arizona offense, especially coming off a loss. But um, I, I like the spot for Seattle, but curious what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't. I, I'm a little tired of going against Arizona or just not getting them right. You know, we didn't take Carolina last weekend. We obviously should have. We Seattle getting 45 percent of the bet, 65 percent of the money. So that's a good flag for Seattle. I agree with you. I mean, they can't be as bad as they looked last weekend. I don't think Russ had been shut out ever um, until last weekend. So I would expect them to bounce back. But on the flip side of that, Arizona, and obviously it wasn't Kyler, but also got fucking trounced um, in that defense, which I think has been pretty good. Uh, just no-showed completely in a game that even without Kyler, they could have won. Uh, I think if you, you look at it before the game. So I don't know. I mean, both teams kind of coming off similarly disappointing performances. I like you get the home dog. Um, don't like that it's under a field goal. Yeah, I like Seattle. I'm just afraid that this will definitely be a very popular dog this week. Uh, I I feel like people are going to be on Seattle here, but I do like the fact that they're three and six. Definitely a kitchen sink game. And if they win this game, they can they can certainly get back in the race because next week they have the football team, then they play the Niners, Texans, and they have Bears and the Lions on their schedule down the road as well. So there are a lot of winnable games for them to get back into the playoff mix in the NFC. And that last wild card spot is going to be a really crappy team since. I'm not even sure who's occupying it right now after the Falcons dropped out last week. I can look that up as as I'm talking here, but maybe Carolina. I'm surprised you think yeah. Seattle's gonna be more popular. I feel like definitely people are gonna be on Arizona, especially with Kyler coming back. I mean, Seattle looked you know, they didn't score a point yeah, last week. I guess that's true. I, I guess I just feel like Russ is a home dog. It, it seems like maybe too good to be true, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he was so uninspiring against the Packers that that won't be the case. And and they they were a very popular pick in at least one of the contests where they were getting three and a half last week so the, the possibility exists that the seahawks are just bad and this could be like kind of the end of carol's run honestly because not that you know he deserves to necessarily get fired but i do think these things run their course and you just kind of need a fresh blood and perspective so uh, maybe they pull this thing out of the ashes and make a run later on but they may may just stink but i was surprised with the stat i was looking for and i had the wrong numbers in front of me so i didn't say it but um opponent points per play which is a way to look at, I think, you know, scoring defense instead of just points per game, obviously. Uh, Seattle is third best in the league, which surprised me a little bit because the defense is kind of mis- mal, um, whatever. People don't love the defense, but they haven't given up a ton of points if you look about it, even in their losses. Yeah, I mean, they, they played well last week, I think. I know, you know, yeah. Rodgers was coming off COVID, but um, yeah, I thought I thought they looked well. All right, I can be convinced on Seattle for sure. We rarely rarely take Russ and you really get a chance to take him as a home dog in that, in that stadium. So uh, certainly on board there, Trav, you have any other games that you really like? The one I'd like to talk about is Tampa. Cause a couple of things line up here. Um, obviously they're an 11 point favorite on Monday night at home against the giants coming off of a bye. Uh, Tampa's lost two games in a row with the bye sandwiched in between. They're getting only 40% of the bets and 85% of the money. And this is another one where if you ignored the giants bye last weekend, you'd have, Tampa coming off a non-cover versus the Giants coming off a cover. So maybe it's not so pure, but I don't know. It's just enough to make me interested. It's kind of a crazy number, but I really think the Giants are going to be very trendy here um, because they played Tampa pretty well on Monday night last year, even though that game was in New York. I don't know. Saquon may be back, but I don't think there's any evidence that he actually has ever made the Giants a better team. So that doesn't really mean much to me. Um, the only downside here is Tampa's two and five against the spread outside of the division. And obviously I don't think they've been overly impressive. The team looks different without AB and Gronk. It sounds like AB may play. So I, I would like to monitor that. Hmm. I wasn't expecting you to go with Tampa here. I, I, I don't really want to take the giants myself. 
uh, like you said, I do think that'll be the trend to your side. And I think Brady coming off back-to-back losses and, and two pretty bad losses at that, certainly going to be angry. Tommy, though, uh, you've, you've mentioned his, his career cover rate is just uh, off the charts, over 60% for his entire career. But lifetime, two and six against the spread against the Giants. So yeah. one team he cannot <laughs> solve. But yeah. uh, I did like this stat. As a double-digit favorite with the Bucks. Brady is four and one against the spread. So Ooh. Wow. Uh, that that piqued my ears a little bit, and I, I definitely had a, a shade towards Tampa. Just you're never going to get me to want to take this Giants team right now, especially riding high off uh, whoever the hell they just beat. Uh, oh, they beat the Raiders, and then they had a bye. And that Raiders game was weird. Las Vegas was coming in after all the rug stuff. That, that the Giants offense didn't even look good in that game. I don't. Yeah, I could take the Bucks here. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I think I'd lean them. I, I like the trends. Um, I like that both you guys like the Bucks. I don't, I don't really have much else to add. I think Joe Judge lost or lost the, his one game against the spread last year off a bye. The the bye is not what it used to be. I, I think teams just can't practice as much as, as they used to be able to. So yeah, um, it's almost a disadvantage in a sense because you kind of lose sense of timing and all that. So Brady coming off two losses is intriguing to me. That was a weird performance against Washington. I only saw what the red zone showed, but not a very uh, impressive game for Tampa. Yeah, Washington is interesting too because was it, the week before, were they playing Green Bay or did they have a game sandwich in between? They had uh, Denver. Oh, they had the Denver game, right. Yeah. Which they could have won that game in the mm-hmm. end, which is bizarre as that was. I don't know. Every time I watched <laughs> them play Green Bay, it felt like the football team was in the red zone and getting stuff to the goal line. And every time yeah. I watched this game, they were either driving or in the red zone, um, meaning against the Bucks. So I don't know. They're, the football <clears throat> team may have something. I know that's not the game we're discussing, but just to kind of hopefully say that, that you know, that wasn't, all Tampa maybe last weekend. Yeah. Well, that was the next game on, on my list. If same here, no other yeah, thoughts on yeah. Tampa. So uh, I do like Washington getting three and a half at Carolina. If Cam's starting, we got to go against him. Cause like all those good vibes of him scoring a one yard touchdown, throwing for a little one yard touchdown, like whatever, like he still throws balls straight into the ground. And I, I can't imagine he's going to be powering this, this Carolina team to a big time victory this week. Ron Rivera knows him well. It, it, this game is very incestuous. There's a lot of players on both sides who have played for Rivera. Many of them are in Washington now. I just think it, it's too many points for Cam to be laying at home in his first start in, since last year. So I don't, I don't really have any stats to back it up. Mark, do you have any good stats for this one? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Um, so last year uh, with the Patriots, uh, Cam as a favorite was three and five against the spread. Um, going back to his last 10 games in Carolina as a favorite, uh, Cam was three and seven against the spread. So he's six and seven against the spread in his last 18 starts as a favorite. Um, so I thought that was kind of intriguing. Washington's defense, we kind of alluded to it, like even against Green Bay, I thought they kind of hung in there. And then in Denver, they played really well. And then obviously last week, they were, they were phenomenal. I feel like they, they've just finally got it right. And I know uh, Chase Young's now out for the season, but he only has like two sacks this year. He's been pretty unimpressive. You know, Washington got this all-pro guard that I, you know I don't really know him, but apparently he, he grades out really well. Brandon Scherf, he, apparently when he plays, they, they're I think they're straight up they're around 500, and then when he when he doesn't, uh, you know, it's like under like 10 percent uh, win rate. So apparently he makes that offense uh, go to a degree. So he he's been playing. He's back last week. Um, yeah, I, I love them getting the points this week. Yeah, I'm I'm on board as well. I mean, I think they've the defense, which I know had been bad early in the year, has definitely turned a corner. I like the running game a little bit with Gibson. Um, I think he's pretty good. I just worry about kind of a comeback to earth for Heineke, who I think was was decent last week against Tampa, but it's not enough to keep me away from this. I, I'm I'm on board. Yeah. Um, Ron Rivera revenge game. Curtis Samuel revenge game. Are there others? Who am I forgetting? Um, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Yeah. Whatever. I think Rivera would love nothing more than to go into Carolina yeah. and win this game, especially with the Panthers uh, having some semi-playoff hopes with Cam being back and whatever. I, I think we were on Carolina earlier this year, but they're they're pretty much an average team and they beat bad teams and that's about it. So yeah, let, let's be honest too. I mean, like it's nice that Cam came back, and I I don't have anything against Cam, so he you know he feel good moment or whatever. But it's not like he's coming back into the same system that he's familiar with. Like Joe Brady's an entirely different offensive coordinator than what he had in Carolina previously. I think if they're yeah. going to start him this week, I think it's way too early. He's been there for like ten days. I, I don't I don't see yeah. him bring a guy like that off the street to try and teach, which no one else wanted him. Obviously, um, I, I don't know. I think this is I think this is a ripe opportunity to go against him. I agree. I, I did love his 
you know, once he scored that first touchdown, like take it off the helmet. Yeah, I'm back. yeah. yeah I, it was I did great. love that. And probably great. getting the, the personal foul, the unsportsmanlike yeah, penalty. It was perfect. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was hitting Vintage to the scale. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, all right, that might be my favorite game that we've mentioned so far. Uh, <clears throat> maybe just because I wasn't really passionate about it coming in, but great cases there. Uh, Trav, uh, Mark, and I are both on that one. What do you What do you have left? I don't. Um, I think I'm out. Other than maybe the Jags, but you mentioned them earlier. No. No. Do. Uh, forgive me. Are they on a bye this week? Are they playing? No, they're, they're home against San Francisco. <laughs> I actually actually had this in my top five. The Jags, well, yeah. obviously. Is if there a week when you it. don't have the Jags? If in your you top could five? believe it, if you could yeah. believe it. I don't. I don't have that game on my list, so I've done no, no work on it. Um. So it's, it's San Francisco off a Monday night game, going cross country to play that one p.m. slot. Uh, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I feel like that's a, just a tough spot. Yeah, I have it marked for you. So. In general, that that I think the the West Coast to East Coast one PM thing is overrated over the last few years, but it is fifty seventy one and one against the spread when that's happened. That's just the West Coast team in general going to the the East Coast for the one PM slot. But when that team did play on the previous Monday night, they're three and nine against the spread the following week, and uh, just one other against the spread stat for this game. Shanny is nine twenty two and one against the spread as a favorite. You're not going to have to twist my arm to go against Shanny. I feel like. Mark, you pegged that perfect spot to take them last week, and I'm glad we did, but I still think he's very overrated. I still think this defense isn't that great. And I don't know, the Jags D has been frisky. The only thing I hate about this game is I feel like you were buying high on Jacksonville after a win against Buffalo and a cover at Indy. So that's the only thing that I'd be um, hesitant to, to be with. But uh, I guess they lost last week, so not a terrible spot to take the Jags. Yeah, I feel, I feel like they've been frisky. For whatever reason, um, they've been competitive. What is it? The last three, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. So yeah. since we we took uh, Seattle against them out in that the game where Urban decided not to wear a headset, he's been, <laughs> he's been wearing headsets since then. I have no idea what the hell was going on. Um, why he Brady hooked that one game, but they lost twenty four nothing to Geno, and then since then they've actually uh, gotten turned their season around. I just don't know if this is the the wrong spot to be buying in on them when maybe it should have been taking them the last few weeks and now. Yeah. Looking to go against them. What do you yeah. think, Trav? Well, I, I didn't know this game existed. So I, I didn't <laughs> I, I didn't think much about it. I mean, I, I I like it. I like the case. I wish we were getting the full touchdown. Um <laughs> yeah, it's only six in the super contest. It might be six and a half in the other. Yeah, that we'll kind of stinks. But I, I look Shanahan's overrated. I'm not a fan of the 49ers. I mean, God bless them for you know covering and winning on Monday night. That's great. James Robinson, I don't know if he's planning to play. I don't think he played last week and given the fact that I thought he was going to be off to rest this week. I just don't know if he's going to play or not. I think that makes a little bit of a difference, but I like it. I mean, I, I think you made good points about them trending in the right way. They beaten Miami before they went to Seattle. Um, so they've, you know, they're two and two in their last four games. That's not too bad considering where they were a couple weeks into the season. So maybe there, maybe something's building here. James Robinson did play last week, 12 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. And then Jamal Spiro Agnew had that long 66 yard touchdown. So they, they do have something kind of going with the running game. Trevor Lawrence, though, I guess we, we, we did say that Indy's defense is good, but last week he was 16 to 35 for 162 yards passing. Mm. Uh, it's pretty so bad. So James Robinson did not practice today. Oh, maybe that old veteran rest after a game. We can see how that goes. I agree he's important for what whatever they Carlos do. Carlos Hyde revenge game? Carlos, Carlos Hyde, Hyde for the Niners, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Certainly did. Uh, yeah, not a bad spot for the Jags. Um, I just don't know if San Francisco is going to go on a mini run here, or was that just a a prime time flash and then they'll fizzle back out like they? I don't trust. We all them. thought they would. Yeah, uh, I, I think part of that too. Last weekend was I think just thinking we said it two weeks ago about the Titans. Uh, I think the Rams are very yeah, overrated. Very. Um, I have one game left. I don't love it. I'd rather stay away, but I I. You know, it's always better for us to get back on teams after they really let us down. And I and I think the Raiders being a home dog to the Bengals is wrong, even though it's only a point. I don't love that they're only getting a point because at the end of the day, I'm going to choose Burrow to win this game in my heart. But uh, I think a lot of people are going to be on Cincinnati here. So just as a zag to get back on the Raiders, I would do it. But maybe their season is just going to completely spiral out of control and they're just not that good. But I don't know. Did you do you like the home dog there, Mark? Uh, I didn't have a circle on it, but I, I like your I, like sense. I, I, I do agree. Like people are going to be off Las Vegas coming off a prime time dud. Um, Zach Taylor Owen two against the spread off a bye, so I do like that. Uh, I don't I don't have much of a case otherwise. But yeah, I mean, um, since he's also coming off a major dud, so yeah, and a bye. Um, yeah, 
it, it feels like a coin flip game, but I, I think the value yeah. of the line definitely is on Las Vegas for sure. They yeah, should be they should be favored at least, but that's maybe that's not a reason to take it. It's only one. It's basically a pick em, So uh, I don't need to force that one. I, I like a lot of these other games that you guys have mentioned, and maybe these in two, a case for some doubles. Yeah. These two teams have trended kind of in similar directions. Are they both started out the year pretty hot, and then you know things have kind of been yeah. derailed recently? I, I don't know if I'm ready to like catch a falling knife with either of them yet. Honestly, yeah. in a game oh. that's a pure toss up. That's fair. Uh, do you have any other games left, Trav? That was it for me. Um, nothing that I had a meaningful circle on. The one that I kind of wanted to throw out there only because some of these model numbers were weird is this Tennessee Houston game. I don't want to take Tennessee. Um, I don't want to take Vrabel as a favorite. They're one and three this year against the spread as a favorite, but you know, some of those models that you sent out might look like this game was, should be closer to 13, 14 points. And it's Tennessee laying 10 at home against Houston, getting all the bets and money. So I don't really want to be involved. It just struck me that that was more some of the most divergence I've seen in those models all year. I, th- I thought Tennessee was super, super lucky. And we kind of alluded to this to, to win that game last week with the missed extra points, the you know the recovered fumbles, the the terrible boger call. According to DVOA, they're, they're second worst eight and two team in DVOA history. That said, you know I, these rookie coaches off off a bye, I just never know what to expect. But we Houston in their last game. I think they had five turnovers, so maybe there's some reversion there. I think they also got five turnovers on defense. So I, I don't, don't think know. ten is enough points to get me to take Houston. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like we're already, if we're going to be laying points at Cleveland and Tampa, I'm not really anxious to go three of the big faves this week either. So I I agree with that. I agree. It just was weird. So I wanted to mention it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, What what do you guys think about uh, Dallas? They're plus two and a half in Kansas city. I I think both sides will be very popular. I'm, I'm fine just sitting it out personally. I first instinct would be to take Dallas, but I don't know. Maybe Kansas City unlocks something on Sunday night. I know people are probably going to be eager to jump back on the Chiefs, but I, I feel like pe- just so many people in, in a contest like this where we, people seem sharp will also be taking the Cowboys. So I, I can't. I can't really pick a side here. Do you like? Do you like Dallas? I, I like Dallas. I, I feel like people are overreacting to Kansas City's defense. Maybe like finally getting right. Like you know, they they beat Daniel Jones like three weeks ago. They they beat Jordan Love and the Packers, and then you know in prime time, I guess they beat the Raiders. Uh, historically, a very good offense, but again, they, they've been you know struggling the last few weeks, especially without Henry Ruggs. So I, I'm just not buying this Kansas City defense like actually being improved. Um, and, and Dallas is obviously a phenomenal offense. I, I just don't see how they stop them. I'm still not convinced. You know, the Kansas City offense is perfectly right yet either. I thought maybe good spots and maybe take Dallas, but don't need to force it. I'm a little bit worried about getting involved with the chiefs at all on either side. I just, yeah, no, obviously something wasn't right for a while. I don't know if they fixed it or not. Mark, I agree with you. I think it's probably a decent time to continue to go against them, but I I don't know. I just, I'd like to see how they evolve over the next couple of weeks. Um, It's, you know, I think, Dallas is impressive as, they, as they've been. They still have a co- coaching mit- mismatch here uh, that I don't think helps them very much. And, you know, it, who knows? I, I agree with you. It's maybe the right. I think Dallas would be the right side. Absolutely. But just stay stay away from the Chiefs at the moment and see what happens. Yeah, I kind of feel that same way about the the Green Bay Minnesota line, which is also two and a half. All these short lines this week are tough. Um, I mean, they they're just begging you to take. The Packers minus two and a half, and the Packers have been so great to us. They're nine and one against the spread this season. They've covered nine in a row. We've been on five of those, which is great. Um, any anything is like a sharp better would tell you you have to take the Vikings as a home dog, but I just don't know if I can do it. Cousins and Zimmer are five and thirteen against the spread when when it's a field goal or below. Uh, Rogers sixty three percent against the spread in division games for his career. He's seventy two percent as a one score favorite in the division, which is outrageous. Um, and he played awful last week, so I feel like you're even buying low on him. Should you take the Packers? I'm not even advocating to get involved in this game. I would just say I lean lean Green Bay or stay away. I, I, I don't know. I, we've been off on the Vikings the last two weeks, fading them, and that's been terrible, too, after they really let us down on that Sunday night game. So maybe we just... I don't really want to watch the Vikings at all this week. I don't know if you guys are different. <laughs> no, I mean, the only thing to add is your, your stat about Hockley. You know, he's calling this game, I think, and his road teams have won eight in a row. Um eight and one this year is road teams outright and he's similar against the spread. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of like Minnesota, but I don't need to force it. I, I think you guys, you know, put up good cases to to avoid this game. Okay. Um, you know, Minnesota, every single one of their losses has been within seven points. It's been a close game, so you know this is going to be a close game. It's going to come down to whoever yeah. misses their field goals. I feel like so, yep, and they will. Someone's going to miss <laughs> yeah, field goals someone's in this gonna, game. Yeah, yeah. Amazing Crosby's been absolutely brutal this year. Um, we haven't gotten burned by him yet. Only other games we didn't mention. Uh, Baltimore is a five-point favorite in Chicago. Very weird line there. I'm not inclined to take either side. I don't know if you guys are. And then Pittsburgh as a five-and-a-half-point dog in Los Angeles against the Chargers on Sunday night with Mason Rudolph. Sounds like he's going to play again. Who knows about TJ Watt? He could be out. I don't really want to lay that many points with the Chargers team that we've grossly overrated this entire season. And Tomlin as a dog, obviously, you're supposed to take him, but those... Without Big Ben and TJ Watt, I'm not sure. I'm inclined on either of those two games. Any thoughts there? Or are we good? The only thing on that Baltimore Chicago game again uh, is the NFC North is 19 and 10 against the spread outside of the division, and which is the best in the league. And the AFC North is 11 and 18 against the spread, which is the worst in the league. So my biggest worry, that, my biggest worry about Chicago is, um, I think Fields has been getting better and better each week, and I expect him to play well against what's proven to be a very average Ravens defense for their standards. But the Bears D, uh, before they went yeah, to the bottom, just absolutely getting shredded. I mean, yeah. they couldn't stop anybody on the ground. So I feel like Lamar and those guys are just going to have a field day running up and down. So could be a nice high-scoring game. Yeah, I was going to say, I would actually consider Baltimore. I feel like you know they haven't covered three straight weeks. I feel like they're they're due to a sense, um, but I don't have a strong case, I guess. They're also 0-3 as a road fave this year. Yeah. yeah. that's uh, We can stay away from that. Yeah. It's not uh, really okay. Uh, so if we stop there, we have uh, Indy, Cleveland, Jets, New Orleans, Seattle, Tampa, Washington, Jacksonville. You didn't include Atlanta, which is fine, but I... I did not. I did not. Okay. We might I'm need leaving them off to the side if we want to yeah. if we want to get them involved. I mean, it's probably stupid, but I would do it. I, I think there's definitely value. I, yeah. I would like to see if uh, if we can get some indication that Cordero Patterson's going to play. I can't believe we're saying this about Cordero. <laughs> I mean, he he really makes it, like how many times does he touch the ball on offense? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like ten to fifteen. It's also a revenge game for him going up against the pass. <laughs> uh, the the core because I've obviously we've spend a lot of time around Corderell over the years <laughs> through stuff like this. But if you look at his statistics and like his awards that he's received, I mean, like the guy's 30 years old, so it's not like he's been around for a hundred years. It's crazy to me. He's got, he's scored 33 touchdowns in the league, Super Bowl champion, four time, first team, all pro, obviously is a special teams guy, two times, second team, all pro is a special teams guy, all rookie team, all decade team. Like wow, wow. it's crazy. And like, I mean, it's crazy. He's been absolutely he's amazing around. this year. He's been amazing this year. Yeah, he's making, been on four different teams. Yeah, it's bizarre. Making crazy catches, running the ball. Uh, Excuse me, five different teams. Vikings, Raiders, Pats, Bears, and Falcons. Again, so mm-hmm. in his his whatever this is, I don't know, an eight-year career, he's been in five different teams, and he's been an all-pro first team or second team six times. That's crazy. Wow. Um, career so, kickoff return touchdown. Sorry, Mike, to interrupt you. but Yeah, just no, you're quick. really fired up. I love it. Eight, uh, eight career kickoff return touchdowns. Tied with two players. Devin Hester? Devin Hester. No. Kickoff oh. returns, not punt returns. Dante Hall? No. Um, One of them's close to home. Jumping on trivia. Uh, yeah, I don't mean I'm not trying to take the, no, this is, the course of conversation. Side of it. Both Desmond, AFC Desmond players. Howard? Nope. Both both longtime AFC players. Kick return. Did Megat? No. Uh, not Leon Washington. Leon Washington. Wow. Is one. Former Jet. Jacoby Jones? No. Is this guy still active or? No, he's been out of the league for, I think, five or six years. Mm. I I mean. You can just give it to us. Cribs. Oh, Josh Cribs. Uh, Forgot about that guy. Oh, wow. All right. All right. So if we're going to take Atlanta, then uh, what games do we like the most of that? Those other groups? I kind of. Myself, I, mean, I, I Washington. Yeah, I was gonna say I would double up Washington. To be honest, I really like that wow. game. Uh, I don't Let's disagree. See what, I'd like to see the circle line if it is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah three, I mean, and three could yeah. be fine too. I have no problem with it, but I mm-hmm. just want to make sure. Washington, uh, uh, Indy would be high for me. I think 
I feel like you love Seattle, Mark. Um, I, I New Orleans. I don't know. I like the. I would put the Jets. The Jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that entry would have the football team, the Falcons, and the Jets. Yeesh. Just it's it's going to be an ugly leg. I mean, possibly from the Jags too. So from yeah. a DPOA perspective, those are some bottom bottom feeders. I, uh, I'd still like to get Cleveland, and it doesn't have to be in the super contest. But I think you know, I know the eleven and a half is a big number, but mm-hmm. we're going to have some bad teams, and at least Cleveland is playing against a very bad team. Yeah. Well, if I mean, if we're looking at that that group of the, as an entry with Atlanta, we definitely need to throw one of the two big faves in there, either Tampa or or Cleveland. I would say mm-hmm. for sure. So. Um, I, I thought it was so funny that Dan Campbell started calling plays this week, this past week. <laughs> I hate to, like, I don't, I'm going to embarrass myself here, but did he call the offensive plays or the defense? <laughs> <laughs> I know he was tight end, but like. Yeah, I know. It's a great question. He seems more like a defensive coordinator than an offensive mind. It's, it's his running game is fantastic. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. So follow us on Twitter at Home Dogs Pod. We will obviously tweet out if we get involved with this Thursday game with Atlanta and what else uh, we decide to pair with them. It sounds like we might, we might have some traction here and we'll see what we come up with as the day goes along. Just uh, let's do some announcers and officials before we get to trivia. Um, I think you mentioned that hockey league was doing Packers Vikings. We're probably not going to be involved in that game for us. Uh, Brad Rogers doing the Colts. So that's nice. Uh, Vinovich doing the football team game. So if we're looking at a double, at least we know we're getting a clean Love game. That. Bogers doing Bengals Raiders. So even more reason to just stay the fuck away. <laughs> Guy's a disaster. Nothing else of note stands out for me. Uh, Tony Carranti, where, where's he? Texans Titans. Ugh. They're burying Tony now yeah. uh, after the disaster. They don't want anyone to see his games. So, and then announcing Nansen. Hanson Romo getting buried again at one, which I, I just find this trend hilarious. Um, and this is just an awful game last week with the Packers and the Seahawks, but they're doing they're doing Chicago Baltimore. I'm surprised. I would have thought Buffalo Indy. Same. Yeah, that's weird. Buffalo Indy's Kevin Harlan, Trent Green. Chicago's a big draw, right? Though nationally, yeah, I mean, yeah. Lamar, yeah. whatever. I know it's one o'clock. Maybe it's not national, but yeah, national. If your team isn't playing, I guess. Um, yeah, and then. Obviously, Buck and Aikman are doing Dallas, Kansas City. It's a good spot. Uh, Gus Johnson and Talib are back this week. Wait, Cle- let me. Can we guess? Oh, we yeah. just said Cleveland, Detroit. Yeah, sorry, Cleveland, Detroit. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, they've done a couple of Detroit games. I feel like yeah. maybe this yeah. is only the second one. But what's the uh, the weekly snooze fest of the week featuring Chris Myers and Daryl Johnson? What do you guys think that's going to be? Ew, I like this new segment. Uh, I'm going to say Sanford. Oh, this is. CB, that's no, Fox, right? Uh, San Francisco Jacks. You're right. Yeah. Nailed Good it. call. Yeah. Eli will be doing the Giants game on on Monday, so that'll be interesting. Have to flip back and forth. Yeah, that will that will be interesting, and with Brady, Tommy, yeah. Um, so many memories. <laughs> so many memories. Greg Gumble doing Jets Dolphins. That feels right, as is tradition. Yeah. Uh, all Jets, right. Jets at Texans next week. Big game. <laughs> God, oh. these Jets games are unwatchable. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be on them this week. We're definitely going to be on Flacco, and we'll see how he, he rewards us. So uh, follow us on Twitter again, at Home Dogs Pod. We'll get our picks out to you. If we do lock a Thursday game, we'll give you our five for that contest on Thursday, and then the rest will come on Saturday when we submit for the uh, circuit contest. So Mark, uh, send us off with some trivia. Yeah, so just to recap listener trivia, last week um, I had asked the listeners, who holds the NFL record? For most passing yards in a game where they ran for more yards than they passed, um, the answer is Colin Kaepernick. Uh, we got a couple answers, sorry. Uh, Jeff Campbell guessed Randall Cunningham. Ian guessed Dante Culpepper. Um, it was Kaepernick in 2012. I think he played the Chargers in week 16 or 15. Kind of a random stat, uh, but thought that was an interesting question. Moving on to you guys this week, I have the trivia score as Trav, nine and a half. Mike, you're at eight and a half. So yeah. I was a one point lead right now. Yep. And I thought this would be an interesting question. I don't know how accurate it is, but um, I found, you know, did a little bit of research. So, you know, we all saw Aaron Rodgers get fined $14,000 for breaking COVID protocols a few weeks ago. Um, and that got me wondering just, you know, about the history of fines in the NFL. Um, and I was wondering if you guys can name the player that's been fined the most money in NFL history. Mm. 
Uh, not not including suspension suspensions. So fines for things like penalties, yeah. dress code, whatever. Yeah. Is this fines from the league or could team fines be included? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's fines from the league. Okay. Yeah. I'll start with a with an infamous guy and I'll say Albert Hainsworth. Uh, no, not Albert Hainsworth. Mm, I like that. I have the top 10 according to this article. Yeah. Could go a couple different ways. Like someone for celebrations, you know, they crack down on that for a period of time. And they also like the uniform stuff. Like if your knees are showing, they don't like that. That's tough. I'll just, I don't know, Antonio Brown. So he's he's in the top 10. Oh. Uh, what number is he? He is nine. He's number nine. So he was fined total amount of $394,000. Um, yeah. Excessive celebrations, late hits, conduct detrimental to the team. Wow. Late hits. Survivors here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, T.O. Terrell Owens. T.O. You know what? This might include fines from the team because, yeah, he, he was fined by the Raiders is what I'm guessing for, for conduct detrimental to the team. Okay. Um, T.O. is not, not in the top 10. That's surprising. Yeah. Another thing to consider, uh, I don't know when this went to a, into effect, but you know, the NFL had that personal conduct policy at some point. You know, food for thought. So they fine guys for that? No, I feel, I feel like they implemented this new policy where you know, you're, there's like different standards than maybe there used to be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know it's more recent. I was, um, there's mm. got to be somebody on defense, I would think. With the hits, I don't know. Maybe not. No, there, there is. Um, how about Janoris Jenkins, our old friend? <laughs> Jackrabbit. Nope, not Jackrabbit. Uh, Alden Smith? <laughs> no. <sighs> you guys want to hit? Yeah. Uh, offensive player. Mm. I can give you another hint. Marshawn. Hmm. Not Marshawn. That's a great guess. That is the right position. Oh. Who's a running back who's bad? Uh, one more guess. Damn. I got to make this a good one. Uh, Le'Veon Bell? No. Oh, that was going to be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another hint ready whenever you're ready. Let me. I'll take one more guess, and then you can give the hint. Running back. I mean, you had the one incident. I can't imagine it's enough to get ahead of AB. <laughs> Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yes. Really? Yeah. So he's fined three game checks in 2014 for violating the the week's personal conduct policy. I guess he was charged with felony child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad. weird story. Yeah. Bad yeah. story. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and I, this was partially in reaction. I think Ray Rice earlier that year was fined like uh, mm. only like fifty thousand dollars, and that was before that video came out. And then the video came out, and he was cut, so he wasn't really fined by the league. Um, and I think this was kind of in reaction to that. Um, so yeah, his total fine amount was over two million dollars. Uh, I guess when you factor in all those game checks. So, wow. Um, good pull, Trav. Up two points now to uh, ten and a half to. To eight and a half. Uplifting I mean, question. To be fair, Ray Rice more. would have been a much better yeah. guess than Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going Kareem Hunt or Ray next if it, if it wasn't, wasn't Adrian well, Peterson. Jamal Lewis was actually number three. Uh, Cam Chancellor, number two. Uh, who else we got? Yeah. I don't know. Those are the notable, notable people. Sherman would have been an, int- an okay guess, I feel like. Maybe he's not up there, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah for well, sure. I'm surprised you guys didn't say not in the Gamakan Um He's in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Domican? Yeah, I, I know I didn't say that right. <laughs> I don't think we said. Uh, I now I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Very prominent person in our lives this week, but it, it's Cordarrel, right? Or is it Cordarrel? I've always said Cordarrel, but I, I think it's Cordarrel Patterson. Yeah, no. you might be right. Now I think about it. it, sounds sounds fine. I would I wouldn't I would believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. Here. now. <laughs> Cordarrel, Cord. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Cordarrel. I've always said Cordarrel. You know what his nickname is? The Flash, so or just Flash. So maybe we should just go with that. Flash Patterson. How did that Fly. name not kept catch on? Seriously. Yeah. Mm. 
Rip uh, cord. All right. Uh, all right. I'll send the listeners out with one. Uh, we all watched that that dreadful tie game between the Steelers and the Lions last Sunday. Did you know that there's only been 27 ties in the NFL since 1974? Um, did you know that Bill Belichick has never tied tied a game? My question for the listeners: What two active quarterbacks have started the most tie games? Mm. Tweeted us at Home Dog Pod or at uh, Mike. You, you tell me the Twitter. I can't remember. God damn. At Home Dogs Pod, at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter. Maybe next year we'll be at the Home Dogs Pod, but we are just at Home Dogs Pod. Uh, so get us your answer and your guess to this week's trivia question. We'll get our picks out to you on Thursday and Saturday, week eleven. We're making some moves. Uh, I'm expecting a big week. I, I like the games we've discussed this week, so we'll see how it all works out. I'll talk to you next week.